Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the Metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. the fact that it all belongs to God in the first place. Yes. And see, once you line up and understand that, that everything that we receive all belongs to God. Our time belongs to God. Our talent belongs to God. Our treasure belongs to God. God gives us the ability to acquire the things on this earth. And so it all belongs to him. And once we come into that understanding and that realization, then that, that, that releases us from some things because now at the end of the day, we can realize that, you know what? We don't even have to chase it. Because it all belongs to him. That's why in that, that last verse where it says that, that goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. See, that follow is translated into chasing you down. See, we don't have to find goodness. We don't have to find mercy. That means it chases us down. It chases us down. God is, God is trying to always get something to us. It, 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 it belongs to him, but he looks at us as stewards saying that, that I can give it to to my good and faithful servants. I can give it to the people that I know that if I give it to them, that they're going to do right by what I've given. And then last week, we, we, we brought it into the fact that, 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 is, that giving connects us to God. Yes. Giving, the part of stewardship of, of giving, it connects us to God. It, it connects us even more so to, to who we are. Yes. But because God is what? A giver. Amen? Everybody's favorite scripture, whether you in church, out of church, or a backslider, or atheist, everybody know what? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, what? That he gave his only begotten son. He gave. God is a giver. And he made us in what? His likeness and in his image. So that means that we are to be what? To be givers as well. And it's not always just about about a, about a, a Sunday morning time thing where we talk about even as we go about the tithe, where tithe is just the foundation. That 10% is just where we start. That, that's just a bar that's been set. But how many know that God says that no, he wants us to be givers. Just givers. Make it a, be a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of giving. Meaning that we, we operate in the system or the economy of God. See, we have to switch our mindset and understand that God's economy operates operates different than, than the world's economy. Amen. The kingdom operates different than the world. See, in the world it says what? That you gotta you gotta see in order to believe. Right. But the kingdom shifts that around and says that you got to do what? Believe in order to see. See, the, the world says, says that, 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 that you got to live or, or you will die. But the kingdom shifts that around and says what? You got to die in order to live. See, you got you to gotta flip it around. See, see, the, see the, the world will say if you give, then you lose. But the kingdom shifts that around and says what? That if you give, then you what? Receive. 
See, that's why it's so important to, to get your mind right. Amen. And that's why we started with Lordship. God is my shepherd. God is the beginning. Because see, then that gets us out of the world mindset, the world way of thinking. The world's way of thinking. See, the, the world the world says that if somebody wrongs you, then you go out there and seek revenge. But the kingdom says that, that, that stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That this battle is not yours, but it is of the Lord's. Amen. See, we got to understand who we really are. Giving connects us to that. See, it, it, the stewardship has to be an intentional thing. It, it's not something that's going to happen on accident. See, a lot of us live accidental lives. We're just an accident waiting to happen. We're just an accident away from messing up things. We, we live accidental lives, but God says it's time to live on purpose. Thank you. Uh -huh. It's time to live on purpose. It can't be a last minute, unplanned, casual, haphazard, willy-nilly, go as I go, wherever you want to do type life. No, it has to be a purposeful life. The uh, Yoga Barra, who was one of the big time baseball players from back in the day, he was known for saying crazy, crazy little quotes, but they always made some, made some sense if you looked at them. And one of his quotes was saying that if you don't know where you're going, you'll always be there. So, so you have to have purpose. And, and your money has to have purpose. Because that's what we're talking about in the stewardship. You know, is really getting down to the money thing. And I told you at the very beginning that it wasn't about, I didn't do this series to, to, to increase the giving or whatever. Because I, I, that's between you and God at the end of the day. I got mine worked out. Amen. I understand how the system works. I operate the system. Amen. Favor ain't fair. You know why? Because everybody don't want to participate in it. See, I participate in it. So don't get mad at me because he want to bless me. Amen. Just like this weekend, I went to the conference thing and ended up going in with the um, the bishop who was over the whole the whole fellowship and the conference, well, he said, come into the office. I want to talk to you for a second. Long story short, I leave out with three suits with some fancy names I can't even pronounce. <laughs> Amen. I looked up one of them online just to see it. I'm like, see, that's why I ain't have one of them because I can't afford one of them things. And well, I, I can afford it, but I just don't believe in spending that kind of money. Amen. But favor ain't fair. No, it ain't. You see what I'm saying? Because seed, when it's in the ground, it's going to produce a harvest. Seed, time, harvest. Remember I told you last week is, is that man can tell you how many seeds are in the apple, but only God can tell you how many apples are in the seed. But see, we get afraid. We get afraid to plant the seed. We get afraid to plant the seed of our time, to plant the seed of our talent, to plant the seed of our treasure, especially the treasure. See, when you, you see somebody like, yeah, pastor talking about the money, and they ain't want the money. But see, you, you got to operate in the system. System means what? S-Y-S-T-E-M. Save yourself stress, time, energy, and money. Save yourself stress. How many get stressed out about money? Save yourself stress, energy. No, wait, see, y'all miss me up. Say yourself stress. So I say it fast, I always remember. Say yourself stress, time, energy, and money. That's what a system does. It saves you stress. It saves you time. It saves you energy. It saves you money. 
See, when you operate in a system uh, of, of the kingdom of God, you, you don't be stressed out about certain things. Don't get me wrong, don't mean the bad stuff don't happen, things don't happen, but you don't get stressed out about it because you know who you're connected to. You know who operating the system. You just a part of it all. You, you, you save yourself time. You save yourself energy. We talked about money being an energy, being a currency. That's why they call it currency, because it flows. Some of us got more money flowing from us than we do to us. Amen. We get a we get a hundred dollars in, but some kind of way five hundred flow out. The devil is alive. We have to block it up, like we talked about last week. We gotta find those leaks. We gotta find the, the holes that are that are inside of your flow of money. Because see, the big flows you catch those. You you catch the you catch the five hundred dollars coming out your flow because you see that like oh my god. But, but you miss that $5 every day that you spend in Starbucks, five, six, however much that, that expensive overpriced coffee is. Whatever you, you know. And don't get me wrong, see, it's not about not doing it at all. But, but there's temperance in everything. So I, I don't believe in living just a, a, a miser lifestyle or, or lifestyle where you just don't do nothing, don't have nothing, look look like you ain't nothing. No, no, we, we kingdom kids now. Don't get it wrong, but but, but we, we gotta live, we gotta live properly with temperance. Amen? Because see, today we're gonna talk about, we talked about the Lordship first and then last week it was about the giving and we're finishing up the day with, well, what do you do with the rest? I, I understand that God is, is, is the source and I'm willing to give at least my 10% or, you know, we talked about going from offering the tithe to just being a giver. I'm willing to give, but now what happens to the rest? How many know that, we, remember I said, that it's all God's. The whole 100% of what you bring in is God. Not only what you give him, but what you also keep. So we're to be stewards over that as well. We are to manage that properly as well. There are three lifestyle choices that, that everybody in this room will make. I don't care what age you are, except for maybe little, little baby T right there because she's not old enough just yet. But there's three lifestyle choices, choices that everybody in this room will make. The first one is that you will choose to live above your means, which is what most people in this country do. They live above their means. What do I mean? That means that, that again, you, you, you take in $100, but you live in like you got 500 Now, the only way they do that is through what? Debt. Debt. See, that's, that's, that's the experiment of this country that we live in called America. America created this thing called middle class. When true enough in this world, really the only thing that exists is the have and the have-nots. But America came up with this experiment called the middle class, and it said that I can take you that is really a have-not and make you feel like you have something. But the only way you can do that is if I give you all this debt, all this credit. So now I can say, yeah, you make $100, but I give you $400 worth of credit. Now you can live like you make $500. But you in debt to me. You in debt to the system. See, system, that system will cause you stress. 
That system will cause you time. That system will cause you energy. And that system definitely will cause you money. If you don't believe me, ask somebody who's holding on to a student loan right now. Amen. Graduating with a $100,000 worth of debt with a $25,000 job if they find one. Living above our means. Living above our means. That's one lifestyle choice. The second one is living within our means. That's the steady, balanced cash flow where, where you, you're free from debt. You might have a little, you, you have a, the basic debt, you know, houses and, and, and maybe a car, but, but you're living within your means. You're not trying to, you know, be like the Joneses, keep up with right. the Joneses. See, there's one thing about keeping up with the Joneses. You don't understand a lot of times how the Jones got what they got. I had some friends one time that, you know, it was two sets of friends and we all went over to the house and they were, had a little dinner party or whatever. And, and the guy's house, I mean, they, their house was tricked out. I mean, I mean, just just tricked out of the, back in the day, you know, the Italian leather furniture everybody yeah. was into. I got Italian leather, you know, everybody yeah. bragged about that. Yeah. Long story short. <laughs> there you go. Long story short, the guy, I, talk, I was talking to the guy and I was like, man, how did you know, how did you, how did you, you know, get all this in this house? And, and he, he said that he would go to the manufacturer and get it wholesale. Meanwhile, the other friend on with, they were trying to keep up and had the same kind of stuff in their house, but they going to the furniture store. Those are two different prices you paying. One is a markup, the other one is wholesale. Amen? So, so understanding how to live within our means. Don't always try to keep up with what you see. That There's a spirit to that thing. It's called covetedness. Amen? That means you looking at what other people got and you want it. The third lifestyle choice we make is to live below our means. Now, everybody, don't nobody like to hear that one. You mean live below my means? Live below what I take? You mean I take in 100, but I live like I only got 50? Is that what you're saying? And, 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 and don't get me wrong, again, I'm not saying cut out your Starbucks trips every day, all the time, but why they gotta be every day? Every day. You understand what I'm saying? See, living below our means prepares us to be blessed even more than we realize. Living below your means gives you the gives you a spirit of contentment. You develop a spirit of contentment. You you're able to you're able to give more. And then we know that we know the system of giving you give more, you end up what? Getting more. So even even people outside of the church understand that. The wealthiest people in the world, if you read, if you ever read any kind of any kind of autobiographies on them, all of them are givers. Because they understand that it's something peculiar about a system that if you give, you receive. Yes. It, 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 nobody can explain it. You, you, you won't even be able to make sense of it. it, it won't, the, the numbers won't ever add up. If you're trying to add up to figure out how you can get, it'll never add up. I'm telling you that right now. Stop trying. It won't add up. You won't see that money. That's right. You will not see how you can do it. But God will, it says in his word, what? To the sower go the seed. I live by that. I understand. I'm not telling you stuff that, that I just heard. I'm telling you what I know, what I go by. Amen. But see, people don't want to do that because it ends up, you know, living below our means. It, 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 you might not look like everybody else. But see, there's this other saying that says that if you will do for five years what most people won't do, You'll be able to do for 10 years what they can't do. 
Meaning if you're willing to sacrifice right now, if you're willing to do what you need to do right now with your finances, there's things that you'll be able to do later that the other people will be like, how are you able to do that? Because like the word says in the Proverbs, I'm like the ant. I was preparing for this time. I, I was, I was, he said, study the ant so that you will be like them that in the summertime they taking in and preparing for the winter. Because how I many know winter is always coming? It is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. Amen. Somebody say, add some word to it. Turn to Proverbs chapter, chapter, uh, let's look at Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. See, a lot of times as pastors, we don't like to touch on stewardship and money and all this kind of stuff because, again, people say, well, you know, you're just trying to get, get money out, out of my pocket or whatever. Don't get me wrong. You'll never meet a pastor that's going to turn down an offering. Amen. Because, you know, bills need to be paid, but at the same time, it's about really getting something to you because I truly believe that, that as I said in the first first part of this series, is that, that the get our finances lined up. I, I know that there, there's kingdom businesses sitting here. There's kingdom books sitting here. There's, there's ministry sitting here. And all of those things require finances. And if you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, how are you going to get that business off the ground? How are you going to pay to get the book? But I know we can self-publish, but still it costs money. You got to get the cover design. You got to get the, the editing done. You got to, I mean, things cost money. If you can't, this, this world operates off of money. Yes, I know it's the the fullness of God and, and everything in it belongs to him, but we operating in a system right now that flows with currency of money. And God says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Well, how many of y'all tired of it being laid up? I'm tired of it being stored. I'm ready for the transfer. But he just gonna, God is going to keep it stored because he said, I can't release it to some folks who don't know how to handle it. They can't even handle what they already have. Proverbs 13. Look at verse, look at verse uh, 7. This is a lifestyle choice right here. What a lot of people do. He says, one pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Some of, some of us back in the day, we used to call that what? Flossing. Mm -hmm. I know some of y'all young kids don't know what that means probably. You know, flossing. Some of us older probably. But it acting like, oh, putting on front. Now that was another, you know. Putting on, a, you know. But it says one pretends, to, I bet you ain't no front and flossing was in the Bible. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. How many, you know, ghetto fabulous? They're, you know, yeah. you know, living in the project but driving a Mercedes yeah. S five hundred on Section Eight, but you driving a fifty thousand dollar car. You, you see what I'm saying? One pretends to be pretends, pretends. How many know that pretending don't last forever? One day you gonna have to stop pretending. One day, baby, the fairy tale is going to end. Amen. Hard. So if you're pretending to be rich, see that's why people say fake it till you make it. No, I used to say that too. You know, fake it till you make it. No, I don't believe in that no more. Why? Because if you fake it till you make it, what you gonna be when you get there? Fake. Because you've been faking for so long, you don't know what else to do. Amen. One pretends to be rich yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor yet has great wealth. 
that's what most people do who are truly wealthy. They, I, I saw this one thing says that, that, that rich is right around the corner from broke. Because rich people can go broke. We see it all the time. Look at the football players and basketball players. They say that, uh, that, that 80% of the NFL players are bankrupt three years after they retire. 75% of the NBA players are five years after they retire. Rich is right around the corner from broke. Why? Because it's really all a mentality. It's all a mindset. Because see, true rich people, true wealthy people, you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know. Yeah, you, you, you. If, if Bill Gates walked into this room right now, unless you truly knew who he was, you would look at him and think that he was just a poor white man and not the richest man on the face of this earth, money wise. Because all he usually wears is a little white button down with some khakis. That's all he wears. No jewelry. No, none. But now you get brother off the block who ain't got five dollars in the pocket. You know he got chains. He got the he got the watch bezel out. He got on you know Versace this and you know the belt, the shoes, everything. He he he, he suited and booted. That's right. Driving a driving a fifty thousand dollar car that he he hiding in spot because the repo man about to find him. He pulling up to his mama house. He can't never bring you to his house because he don't want you to know he live with his mama. So he take you over his friend house who he pretend is his. He gotta hide all the friends pictures so you think it's his. See, it's too much. It's too much. Pretending. Pretending, pretending to be rich but ain't got nothing. We don't want to be like that. No. See, we can't be kingdom kids and represent the kingdom if we fronting like that, mm -hmm. if we acting like that. We got to understand that, that God set us up, God set us up to actually to, to live fruitfully and to multiply. Amen. Amen. But all that comes with what do we do with that other and I'm gonna just say 90% for the for the for arguments sake, you know, take, taking the 10% of giving, but we know that you you give according to your heart, as Paul says. But what do we do with what's left? How do we how do we how do we speak to that money? Because money will burn a hole in your pocket. See, there's a thing called surplus that a lot of people think they have. But surplus can be an enemy because it, it, it makes you think that you got more than you. This country, you know, we thought that we had a surplus, so it's like let's go have a couple of wars, let's just go run that thing on up out. You know, now we in debt again. So surplus can be an enemy. So what do you do? How do you store what you really have? Turn to Luke chapter fourteen. Luke chapter fourteen. And put on your seat because my time is winding, so I got to run through this thing. Luke, Luke chapter um fourteen. It's being recorded, so you you can go back and get all this. Amen. Because what I'm giving you is some is some uh, nuggets that 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 do work. I, I live I live this. Amen. Do I not, brother Darius? <laughs> I, I live it, I preach it, I do it because this is, you know, because I had problems with my money. Amen. So I'm passionate about it. I tell people there's two things you can get me to talk about forever, and that's God and money. Amen. And, and God has over 2,300 scriptures that talk about money. So I figured me and my daddy on the same page. Amen. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. He'll go one right here. 
Luke 14, 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower? Now, we ain't building towers, but it's things in our life we want to build. We want to build a house. We want to build a car. You want to build a financial uh, security. You want to build an education. You want to build a business. You want to build a book. You want to build a ministry. For which of you desiring to build does not first sit down. See, some of us just need to sit down. Sit down somewhere. I ain't going to stay on that one and count the cost. Count the cost. Whether he has enough to complete it. Verse 29. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Count the cost. What is Christ saying right there? What is he saying? Because them in the word, that's in the red. What is Christ saying right there? See, Jesus is stressing, stressing planning right there. Planning. 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 Sit down. Sit down. How many of us sit down with our money? We get paid on Friday, but we never sit down with our money. It go in one hand and out the other. We never sit down and count the cost. See, Jesus is using a financial analogy here, but he's really also illustrating discipleship. He's reminding us how, how we got to manage our money is, is intimately related to, to how we disciple ourselves, how we do discipline ourselves. Because how many know sitting down takes discipline? Counting the cost takes discipline. See, we have to plan for abundance. Turn to Proverbs 21. I'm going to give you a few little scriptures today. Amen. Proverbs 21, verse, verse 5. It says, the plans of the diligent. Proverbs 21, verse 5. It says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Mm. It's right there in black and white. It says, the plans of the diligent lead, and this is my favorite word, surely <laughs> to abundance. Surely. The plans of the diligent. So that tells me one, I got a plan, and two, I got to be diligent about that thing, meaning I got to stick to the plan. It ain't enough just to plan it. It ain't enough just to say it, you know, speak it and claim it and name it and grab it and, and blab it and grab it and all that. No, you got a plan for that thing, amen? Of the diligent. Lead. Lead means that, that it's going somewhere. That lead means it's going to take some time. Meaning it ain't going to just happen overnight. God ain't a slot machine. This system ain't a microwave. It's more like a crock pot. You're going to have to sit and let that thing simmer for a little while. But he says, surely to abundance. You see, one thing I like about money is that it's, it's numbers. All it takes for you, you don't have to know for any kind of mathematics. You don't have to know algebra and trigonometry and calculus. All you got to know is one plus one equal two. That's right. And if you don't even know that, all you got to know how to push the same number on the calculator. Mm -hmm. Because, but one thing about numbers is, and that's why God can say right here, surely to abundance, because I know that if I keep saying one plus one, it's surely going to be two. What am I saying? Break it down and make it plain, Pastor. If I save $5 a month for 12 months, 
then surely I'm going to have $60. Barring other stuff, but just, just for simple example sake. That's why surely, you can say surely. He says, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. What does hasty mean right there? Compulsive. You got some money in your pocket, so you can find something to spend it on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, these days, you, we don't really walk around with cash in our pocket, but you know we keep the middle note of our debit card, our credit card, or whatever. Or you in the store, and then they say, you know, well, you know, the Macy's, you know, is having this they, they sell today, and, you know, sign up for this store card, and you get an extra 10% off. It's already, girl, it's already 25% off. Then you sign up for the card today, you're going to get an extra 10% off. By the time you pay for it, it'll be like half off. Okay, that's good. But it says, everyone who is hasty, you wasn't even really trying to buy nothing in Mason. You wasn't even really trying to buy it. But see, this is what is uh, happening. Because you get that extra 10% off, now you end up buying more stuff than you came to get the shirt. Well, she was saying, I'm getting 10% off. Let me get the belt to go with it. Sure, I need a pair of shoes to go with that belt. Because I got a brown pair of shoes to go with that brown belt. But this ain't this ain't the same kind of brown. I need that beige brown, you know, that off brown. You know, so, so now we... Yeah, we come up with stuff to justify. Because yeah. I'm a little sharp, you know, I'm, I'm going to be... You know, I ain't nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Because <laughs> you're still paying for bills that you incurred around Christmas time because you didn't right. save for that. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, it is. See, the thing is, is that, that a lot of times we end up putting ourselves in these financial situations. Don't get me wrong. I know things happen. I'm not talking about that. I know that some of us truly don't make make enough because I, I look at some people and I'm like, I don't know how they survive off of some of the salaries they make. I understand that, but 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 I'm saying for those of us who who, who do have the income to to really make the ends meet, then we have to be more more diligent in how we steward what God has blessed us with. I I, I used to talk to some of my friends who we went to, went to college. And we used to all, you know, pile up in one apartment and, you know, and, and you know, we was, you know, I mean, you in college, you broke. I mean, you actually qualified for food stamps. I had a couple friends, we went down, we got food stamps because you, you below the poverty level. And I used to always wonder, I'm like, wouldn't it be something that if once you got out of college, Again, barring, barring all these crazy student loans, but there's ways to get around that. That's another sermon, another time, a topic, or whatever. But barring that, you what if you got out of college and you still lived the same way you lived in college when you got your first job? I mean, live the same way. I'm talking about the apartment that ain't got no pictures on the wall, ain't got nothing but that one rack of TV with a sofa, and, and the bed ain't got a headboard, you probably the mattress on the floor. You live like that when you got your first job. Imagine how long you would truly have to work that first job. If you live like that, I'm talking about it, you, get, you keep the same kind of little apartment where it ain't the best apartment. You, you probably ain't as safe as you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the hood or whatever, you know, this college apartment, but think about it, the rent wasn't there. I know, I know way back in the day, I, I know my college, I think I had an apartment that was probably like $400 a month. And even when I got out of college, apartment rent probably still, for cheap apartments, still around five or 600 But now you make, you got a job that's making twenty-five dollars or $30,000 a year, and you got a, you got a little ragged apartment that you ain't trying to furnish, you ain't trying, you like, I'm just going to do for five to 10 years what everybody else ain't doing. 
I'm going to live just like I'm still in college. But do we do that? No. We get that job, we got to look like we got the job. We got to look like we done been to college and did some stuff. You, we get the first thing you get is the new place. Then some of us get the car. You know, all that. You know, you, you're making 25000 but then you go out and buy a $30,000 car. You already done messed up. Already done messed up. Amen. See, we got a plan. We got to plan for abundance. We got to become a master over the spirit of money. It says what? That God tells us what? That, that man can't serve two masters, both God and what? Money. Because he'll love one and do what? Hate the other. Amen. Turn to your turn to your own Bible in Numbers chapter 13. I'm just dropping little nuggets along the way, so you know you have to pick them up like Goldilocks and follow them along. But again, it's being recorded, so you can go back and and and, and really delve down into it. Numbers chapter thirteen. Numbers chapter thirteen. And verse twenty-seven. And it says, they told him, and these are the people, these are the spies coming back from the promised land, talking to Moses and the people. And it says, they told him, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jezebites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. What is they saying right here? They saying, we went to the promised land and we even have some fruit of it. But, Lord, there's some giants over there. Do you not know what's over there? Matter of fact, it's the son of Anax over there. Those are like the Neophytes. For those people who don't know, those are like the, the Goliaths. Those are the ones where the, 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 the spirits mixed with the humans and created giants. These were superhuman. And they like, we know God is, you know, what God said is true. It, 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 it's over there for us, but, but it's so much over there that's on the attack. Well, how does that play into the money? See, there's always going to be spiritual attacks on your money. There's always going to be Anax. There's always going to be Canaanites. There's always going to be Jezebite. There's always going to be some type of spirit that is trying to attack your money, attack your finances, attack your seed. Because what God gives you as finances is a seed as well. That's why he told you to be fruitful and multiply. So he's always, there's the enemy is always going to try to attack the seed. There, there's some spiritual attacks that are always coming up. The first thing he tries to put in our mindset is hoarding. Mm -hmm. I got to just keep it all. I got to keep it all. Well, see, that spirit is, is the lack of contentment because you want everything. You want everything that you put your eyes on or, or envy because you, you see you covered it. They got it. I need it. I want to have it. Why can't I have what they have? I work hard. I pay. I do all this. I take care of my family. Why can't I have what she got, what he has? 
or, or, or fear. Fear causes us to, to hoard and to hold on. Greed, ego, the, the simple love of money. Like the scripture says, the love of money is the root of all evil. It don't say money, it says the love, meaning that you love money more than you love anything. That causes us to hold on to it. The other spirit the enemy attacks us with overall is, is the spirit of overspending. That comes from a that comes from a root spirit of lust. And some people say, well, lust and all that, that's that's a sexual thing. No, lust is lust is the it says the lust of the eyes. It means that what you see, you always want. You just you see it and like, well, I just want it. Let me have it. I need it. I, I deserve it. You know, we start justifying it. So it causes us to overspend because we constantly just spend it. Because we don't have what? A plan. The lack of contentment causes us to overspend. The lack of uh, self-control, not discipline, not being diligent, causes us to overspend. Anxiety causes us to overspend. Don't believe me. Some people do what they call what? Retail therapy. I don't feel good today. Let me go spend some money. Let me go buy something. See, here's a little tip I got from compulsive. Because I had a compulsive spending habit. I had to be delivered from. And it's still there. It tempts me now. I see stuff, especially Lord, where Amazon came about and with Amazon Prime, and then they got Prime now. You mean I can order it today and get it today? Oh man. And that creates compulsion. And I and it's on your phone, it is it, it, convenient. Two little buttons in his down, and then they got the one touch by. You ain't even got to do nothing but touch it. Uh, and they send it to you. And they send it to you? Yep. What? The enemy is real. Anak is there. Anak yep. is in your hand. The yep. Jezebite is in your hand. The, the Hittites and the Canaanites is in your hand. It's called Amazon. It's called JetBlue or whoever all them other things. If they, if, you know, say who that? Groupon. Oh, Groupon is the Satan. They, they send you all them little coupons. You ain't, you ain't even trying to go to that place. You like, oh shoot, it's fifty percent off. It's so it's, it's everything is just just coming from all places. But that's why you have to have a plan. So now how I do my compulsive when I feel that urge coming up or, or I feel that need for retail therapy coming up, I, I go to Dollar Tree. I thank God for Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree is a Dollar Tree is a salvation. Cause here's two things about Dollar Tree. Everything in there is pretty much junk. So it ain't like you're gonna buy a lot of it anyway. But if you do, it's only a dollar. So you can just fill up your little basket, buy 20 things, and you ain't spending number $20, and you feel like you just been on a shopping spree. Yeah, yeah! And it eases that thing out of you. See, I give you that one for free. That's how you deal. See, it ain't about that you saying, I don't want to be compulsive, just take it off. Some of it ain't going to ever leave. You remember Paul said, this thorn is in me. So you got to know how to operate even with the thorn in you. You see what I'm saying? I got to know how to operate with that compulsion. You know, when I'm sitting there looking at that electronic gadget and I'm like, ooh, Lord, okay, well, let me go to Dollar Tree. Yeah. You know, and it's not that I don't have the money to spend it, yeah. but it doesn't fit in the plan. In the plan, yes, she said budget, because that's what we're talking about now is is, is that, that having, having a budget, but I like to call it a spending plan. Let's kill that word right now, budget. Budget is like diet. They, none of them work. And you might be on it for a little while, and you might lose your five pounds, but pretty soon you're going to gain 20 more. Mm -hmm. 
Because you're going to come off of that. But a spending plan or an eating plan. But a spending plan, what we're talking about here, a spending plan shows, shows your money what to do. It's going into that promised land and it's attacking the Anak. It's attacking the Jezebites. It's attacking the Canaanites and the Hittites. It's saying, you know what? This is what you're supposed to do. This is, see, because the thing about the promised land is this. It's so funny about that. If you read the story, the spies went in. Some of them came back with grapes and other ones didn't. So why is it that they all went to the same place, but everybody didn't come back with the same thing? They couldn't see. They didn't have a plan. See, what a spy's true job is, is to go in and get what? Intelligence. So see, we are supposed to go in like spies and get intelligence on what we're supposed to do. See, the, the world wants us to stay financially illiterate. It capitalizes because we live in a capitalistic system. It capitalizes off our financial illiteracy. That's why you can go from, from pre-K to a PhD and nowhere encounter on how to balance your checkbook in school. From pre-K to a PhD and you still don't know how to balance your checkbook. But it's designed that way on purpose because it's designed to have the Canaanites and the Hittites to stand there and to take your promise. Because it knows that, that not only will I take your promise, but now I'll enslave you to debt. Because how many know that debt is truly slavery? That's why God says, he says, owe no man nothing but to love him. He says, be the lender but not the borrower. Because debt is slavery. Now there are ways, I ain't got time to go into, there are ways to use debt to your advantage. But for the most part, the way they sell it in this country, it becomes slavery. Even a mortgage. The way they designed them now, you end up paying for that house three times. You buy a $100,000 house, but in 30 years, you don't pay $300,000 for it. Now, the reason why we have to do that because a lot of us don't have $100,000 just sitting around. Amen? But it's a mortgage. You know why they call it a mortgage? Because it's, it's like death. Don't believe me? The first four letters, M-O-R-T, mort. Like mortuary, mortician, mortgage, amen? They just made the T silent so you wouldn't catch on. <laughs> amen? Break it down. Break it down to make it plain. But see, a budget, a budget keeps us a, spend, a spending plan, a spending plan, because guess what? You're going to spend your money anyway. But you got to have a plan on how to spend it. A plan on how many? How many have a plan? Pull up, pull up my own PowerPoint for me, oh, oh man, so we finish on up. How many have a plan on how you gonna spend your money? Matter of fact, how many even look? I, see, see, it, it's it, it's funny because I worked with people in the past on financial things, and and it's funny how if you ask, I can ask a person, and I'm not gonna do it in this room, but I bet you I can ask everybody in this room, and I, I guarantee you that 50% of the people wouldn't be able to answer the question 100% factually. And the question I always ask when I bring people in, how much does it take for you to live each month? 
Do you know that number? Now, I ain't talking about, I ain't talking about ball out. I ain't talking about go on vacation. I ain't talking about hit Starbucks or you know, go shopping. I'm talking, how much does it take you each month to just live? To just live. Meaning your bare necessities. And see, even that question gets you to thinking because then you got to really decide what are your bare necessities. But how much does it take? And I remember I got asked that question one time years ago. I was young, and I went to this job that only paid commission. That's all they paid. It was for it was for a financial stockbroker um, thing. And the guy who was interviewing, he said, he said, well, you know, you going you you know, the money starts off kind of funny in the beginning until you build up your clients. He said, but how much does it take for you to to live each month? And I'm like, I, I don't know, you know, because we usually equate that to how much we make. If we make $5,000 a month or $1,000 a month, we say, well, it takes me $1,000 a month to live. But does it really? Because see, most of us don't look at this one thing that's behind me called a spending plan, which has got the monthly income expenses. Brother, I know that look familiar to you, don't it? Amen. <laughs> Is looking at this thing where basically you look at your gross income, meaning what do you take in? What are you bringing in? What are you bringing in every month? And then you got, and I'm going to run through this, but I'll give you everybody the links if you want it. I even got it in Excel format. You fill in all the information, and it pops out your little number at the end where you got, you know, surplus income, and, you know, it shows your income versus business. But the bottom line is you got the gross income. You take out, that, that means your salary, your interest, dividends. Hopefully one day some of us can get to that where you're living off of dividends, and then you take out your tithes. See that first. Yep. Take out what you're giving. You can't take out what you're giving after the fact. It ain't way down here. It ain't out of your surplus. It's out of what comes in. Because if you don't remember, we said the formula last week, the formula to true wealth is what? Give, save, spend. 10, 10, 8. 10, 10, 8. So even saving is a part of your spending plan. Giving is a part of your spending plan. God, I got 100%. How am I going to spend it? Here it is right here, giving. Then I got to spend a little bit with Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam going to get, I know we say 10, 10, 80, but Uncle Sam all up in that 80, so it really ends up sometimes being about 70, because he getting his 10 also. And see, one thing it is, Uncle Sam don't trust you. See, God trusts you. Uncle Sam don't. Uncle Sam say, I ain't counting on you to give it to me later. I'm going to get it now. See, God trusts us. He say, I'm going to give it all to you, and I'm going to expect for you to give it back. Uncle Sam said, no, I ain't playing that game with him, because I know how they is. I'm going to get mine from the jump. So now, we start looking at the net spendable income. That's what, that's what, that's how you subtract it out, your, your giving and your, and your uh, Uncle Sam. Now, your net spendable, that means now, what do I have to spend my money on? You got housing, food, automobile, insurance, Debts, hopefully not a lot of those. Entertainment and recreation. See, there's still places in there for that. It don't mean you gotta live miserly like you can't. Now, that just means you might have to go to Netflix and you can't go to the movies, but you still being entertained. <laughs> Amen. You can get Netflix and chill. Amen. Now you talking about that chill they talking about, but you know, you know, sit at home, you know, eat your popcorn. You see, you go Netflix. You can go to Netflix, or not even Netflix, I mean Redbox. Redbox for a dollar thirty-five. You get that little movie, dollar thirty-five. You go buy the old Dollar Tree. You get your candy for a dollar. You get the popcorn. You get three pop, four pop popcorn for a dollar. So you got a three dollar thirty-five cent night, and you. <laughs> 
and, and the whole family being entertained. And then don't get the coupon. You see what I'm saying? Now you got a 235 and the whole family is entertained. See, it's about thinking how you gonna do. Speaking to that money, speaking to Anac. Anac, I know you're standing there. I know you're standing there as that as that big concert or that big movie that I want to go to, but but I'm gonna conquer you today because I got other things going on in my life, in my plan. This you ain't a part of my plan. I, I but I still want to have it. Clothing. You got clothing right there. You know, now savings. Now this sheet I, I've used out of um, Crown Financial. I usually like to have savings, even though it says number 10, I usually like to put it way over here. Cause again, if you wait over here, you probably ain't gonna have none. Mm -hmm. You ain't gonna have none. Medical expenses, then you got miscellaneous, you, then you got investments. Cause you got to invest. You got to you have to invest in something, you know. But but before you invest, you always gotta save. Cause people always they used to come to me when they know I invest. They like, well, I wanna know how to do that. Now, first thing I ask them, you know, do you have a savings account? No. Well, you ain't investing nothing, not with me, cause you don't even know how to save yet. See, Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, he said the habit of saving is more important than the amount. See, it's something about developing a habit. And I can even apply that to giving. The habit of giving is sometimes more important than the amount because once you start getting in that habit and you get in that flow, then you start seeing results and you're like, man, if I if I just if I had a did a little bit more, then boom, it would have been this. Amen? Amen. Then you got the school and the childcare. So that's your total expenses. So then you subtract, you subtract the net spendable income. So let's say that was a thousand dollars, and then you got the total expenses over here, and that that ends up being, you know, what? Most time for us, it'd be. I remember the first time I ever did this, it was, you know, just for example purposes. It was thousand dollars here. And by the time I got to this line, it was fifteen hundred. So I didn't get to fill out that line, that surplus line. I was in the negative. So I was looking at. I'm saying, God, I'm in. I'm in a negative. How am I to give? I didn't even have much put in the savings thing. How? See, that's what I'm saying. When you, if you get in the flow of the system of God, there's just some things that He will work out that you truly won't be able to understand. On this paper, it, it, it ain't gonna ever line up. To be honest with you, I'm just keeping 100. They like to tell you it's gonna all balance out and all that. Most of the time, it is not going to balance out. It just won't. Because a lot of time, by the time we finally sit down to count the cost, we've been living in such a way that where it can't balance out. Because we, we didn't pick it up. That's why if you're young in here and you're getting this right now, you can start out before you incur all of this stuff. See, all of y'all sitting in here right now in high school, junior high, whatever, even some of you in college, you ain't got all this stuff. Mm -mm. You, your mom paid for it. Your mom and dad paid for that. Mm -hmm. Your mom and dad pay for that. <laughs> Food, little D. Your mom and dad pay for the automobile, the insurance. See, they, they pay for all that. So, but if you can learn right now how to speak to those things, to speak to your money, then you'll be able to, to line up. Now, one thing I do tell people to do a lot of times to get, get out of this, to get out of this trap where the negatives over here, a lot of people like to get these things they call tax refunds. I don't believe in them personally, but if you're gonna get them, cause see a refund means just that. It means you gave too much to Uncle Sam over here, and now he's just giving it back to you. With no interest. With no interest. no interest. 
But if you like to get them, the, the way I got out of my negative the first time with this nigga here, me, me, me and Pastor Paula, I, we had got a tax refund. One of the last ones we ever got. But we got a tax refund. And I said, you know what? I'm going to use this to erase that. So I started, I started paying some stuff ahead, and I don't have time to really go into the full thing, but I, I was paying some stuff ahead, and, and, and now that allowed me to get, to, to get out of the system of old and step into the new system. Mm -hmm. Because I was able to, to now get in front of my money. Mm -hmm. See, that's what you got, to, you got to do, you got to get in front of your money. See, if you live it, and what I mean by that, you can't keep living paycheck to paycheck. If, 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 now, now this is a paycheck, true enough, but your money got to be told what to do, and it can't just run out at the end of each month. Mm -hmm. it, 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 you have to start saying, God, show me how to build a surplus. Mm -hmm. And he will. He will. He'll show you how to build a surplus. He'll show you where you need to cut back some things. It might be the cable bill. You can't say, well, now, guess what? You might not need cable for a little while. Read a book. You'll get more out of it. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And now, don't get me wrong. I, I got a TV problem sometimes. But, 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 and that's why you have to fast from stuff sometimes. You see what I'm saying? But it's got to be about a plan. See, I'm, what I'm trying to say right now is this. We all ready to go higher. Yes. And I know God is, he's right now, what, what he's giving me to give y'all is, is preparing us for higher. The wealth of the wicked is laid up, but it's, it's laid means stored up. Well, now I'm trying to prepare us to go to the store. That's right. Go to the store. And get what belongs to us. And say, God, you can trust me. Like it says in the word, I've been faithful with a little. So now I know I, you, you know that I'll be faithful with much. Amen. Amen. So now the, the last little thing I want to show you, then we finishing up. After you get all that together, I, I found this little system. Let me get this thing working. There we go. This is the little system. It's called the envelope system. It, it, it's, it's very old. It's, it, I don't know when it first came about. Crown Ministries one big big time to do it. But a lot of a lot of biblical stewardship does this thing. It's called the envelope method. I cannot stress to you how important, how how urgent you need to apply this to your life. It, 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 it works wonders to your life. Can I get a quick testimony? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep, see, that's a quick testimony. Because what happens is we take all this money in, but we don't give it no assignment. Mm -hmm. And this is what the envelope system do. And I, I give you all, like I said, I got links that I can send to you. You can download all this for yourself. But let's say really you take in $1,200. That's the total. And if you see here, they got an envelope for each one. Now this comes from the old days where people would take the cash, you get everything in cash, and they, 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 they divide it up into envelopes, and they name the envelopes, and they put the money in the envelopes. Well, what does that all really mean? It means that when you spend all the money out of that envelope, you can't go back no more. Like say for instance, vacation, they got $10 right here. You spend that $10, you, you can't come over here and be saying I'm going to get my mortgage money and, and put over here. When, when you can, but you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
the Illinois system allows you to move money around, but the main pur purpose of it is, it, it, it's almost like, when I got sold this, it, it made me think of, of how businesses run. Businesses run, run based off the fact of having fund accounts. And, and they, they divide up their funds into different departments and different funds. And, and then, you know, if you need to borrow money from one fund to another account, you got to have a reason. You got to have a, a true reason and how, but see, this allows you to see if, if, if what, is it going to take you off your plan? Because see, if I take, if I take uh, $30 out of this envelope to put over in this envelope, that's messing up the plan for my mortgage. You, you see what I'm saying? Now, and these are just uh, sample numbers, but, but it just shows you how it works. Now, in today's time, it, it can be kind of hard because we don't operate in total cash. But this can easily be done in a spreadsheet. And, 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 and spreadsheets are even free now called Google Sheets. You can get them on your phone. And you just lay it out just like this uh, across the top. You put all your stuff across the top. I, I usually, I just ended up doing it using, um, well, I'm matching the wrong thing. I just ended up making these my columns. Like housing was my column across the top, food, automobile, insurance, all that across the top of the spreadsheet. And then you just put down your money. And, and, and it's that simple as you take it in. And now, but the key thing is you're speaking to your money and you're not allowing it to speak to you. Amen. So that, that's, just a, that's just a system that, and it works. I'm not telling you what I heard. This is how I operate. Our household. That, this is how I operate this household. You know, because it, it, it's about being a steward. I can't be a good steward in one place and not the other. Amen? Amen. 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 So closing out right here, I want you to turn one more scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is it. Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And this is the last one and we finish. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I will send you, I'll send everybody, I'll send it out on the um, the Remind thing. I'll send out the, the link where you can download this, uh, the spreadsheet or you can just write it on paper. The, the bottom line is do something. Get yourself a spending plan. If you got one, go back and look at it. This is something that has to be tweaked. It has to be reevaluated. I, I try to do it at least on a quarterly basis. I definitely do it after after raises, for instance, when you, when you get raises because you don't want to just... Spend all the money that you got raised. That means that you can probably apply it to some other area or you can increase your savings or whatever. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Look at verse 11. It says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest you, lest when you have eaten, and are full and have built good houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. See, God is saying, I'm going to multiply you. It ain't a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. When you line up, when you, get, when you keep the statutes, when you do according to the plan, when you diligently do what, what is said to be done. He says, when you, when you do all that in verse 14, then your heart will be lifted up and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with the fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you 
water out of a flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. He's basically saying right, he said, when you begin to get multiplied, don't forget who did it. Don't forget who, who I am. Don't forget, it goes all the way back to the first, first section in this series, first part of the series. Remember that God is all. God is all here. See, a, a spending plan, a spending plan reminds us that, that we're not managing our money, we're managing God's money. It's been entrusted by God to us. A spending plan helps us to resist that temptation to think it's all about us. It shows us this is, what, this is the marching orders. This is how I'm sending my troops to battle. See, you can't look at your bank statement and, and allow that to, to see your actuality, your spending. Your spending plan will show you the intentionality of your spending. Amen? Amen. So we got to get into the, we got to get into right alignment of what God is doing in this season with our finances. Be good stewards because we will be held accountable. Read the parable of the talents if you don't believe me. He comes and he asks, what have we done with what has been given? What has been done with what I have given you? That's what I'm leaving you with today. What are you doing with what he has given you?